So, so welcome to this week's edition of the LFC Delaware podcast. We are delighted to have Hytham from Chicago joining us. A um, couple of great reasons for, for having him here. Want to hear about uh, Chicago Supporters Club, and also want to get us want to discuss. I think um, what you might call a really important topic, as opposed to you know football, which you always refer to as the most important of the least important things. Um, so welcome, Hytham. Um, before we get underway, just a couple of public service announcements. Um, Tim, I think you're going to talk about what's going on at Catherine Rooney's and what's up there next. Yeah, Catherine Rooney's opened up on June 1st. Uh, you can go and sit in the brick and mortar restaurant and eat food now, once again. Um, I've looked up their hours of operation Monday through Friday. They're open 11 a.m. to 1 a.m. And then Saturday and Sunday, they open one hour earlier, 10 a.m. to 1 a.m. Uh, you do have to call for a reservation, and your reservation is a very specific window. What was it an hour and a half yep. from sit down to get out the door? Um, have to have a mask to come in. Um, but they are also still open for curbside carryout if you're not quite ready to sit in a restaurant full of people again. Uh, 12 to 12 weekdays and 11 to 12 on the weekends. You can find all that at katherinerooney's.com. Thanks, Tim. Uh, and we should know more in the next, next week or so about what the next phase of opening will mean and whether the ability to hang out with one or two friends from the club exists uh, when, uh, when the Liverpool games are on. Um, we also wanted to give a quick uh, uh, shout out to uh, LC Raleigh's host pub is London Bridge, uh, which apparently has suffered a serious amount of damage. And they actually have a GoFundMe page if you have the ability to contribute. Um, that's on our Facebook page. Um, you can also go I'm sure Google London Bridge Pub and find the, the same link, but I'm sure they'd appreciate any help that you can, uh, you can give. Um, and then one final um, selling uh, item. Sean, you're going to talk about the Anfield Shop gift cards, right? Yeah, <clears throat> sure. So uh, Father's Day is coming up. So if you're like me uh, and you're looking for ideas and you never know what to ask for, <laughs> Uh, that's a good one. Anfield Shop uh, gift cards. Uh, I think uh, the new kit's coming out in August. So if you want to purchase anything by New Balance before then, uh, or you want to get the new kit afterwards, it's it's a good option. So, um, you know, think about that for Father's Day. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, and uh, I wanted to mention, actually, uh, the podcast we did with Alicia from the Anfield Shop, I think uh, we got is, is, is way over, what was it, 120 130 views now, so well, oh, yeah. you know, is, is, is still not quite at the top, but it's 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 pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it sounds like they've got some pretty cool designs ready to release when uh, a certain achievement uh, has been, uh, <laughs> in fact, nailed down. Yeah, that that is what we were led to believe. Yes, yes. So 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 let's let's get into it. Um, I, let, let's let's start with um, this week. Uh, there was a this. A wonderful post from Liverpool, um, which had the players kneeling in the centre circle at Anfield in support of Black Lives Matter. Um, it, we we posted it on a couple of social media platforms, and it got more traction than I think any post that we put out there uh, maybe ever. Um, which which I, I think is 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 really encouraging um, that that the, the people want to kind of express their support for um, for people of color, especially with what's happening right now. Um, one, one of the questions that we wanted to ask Haitham was, uh, from his perspective, 
what are the other things, you know, it's kind of really easy to click on a like for a post, but what are the other things that you think as Liverpool fans we could be or should be doing uh, like right now? Yeah. Well, uh, thank you guys for having me today. Um, it's an honor. Um, um, you know, obviously, I, I met you, Paul, recently um, on some of the uh, global calls and, and on um, the WhatsApp group. So uh, I really appreciate that. I appreciate meeting um, Charlie, Sean, and, and Timmy. Uh, so just talking about the post and, and the actual picture um, that generated, you know, all the um, topics that, you know, uh, people have been talking about from um, a Liverpool fan's perspective from uh, a person of color of African descent perspective. Um, it, it was it was really good to see. Um, and the reason for that is, you know, uh, it was it was it, it sounded like a unified message um, from from the club. I know it, it wasn't really the club, it, you know, if you're talking just about the picture, uh, it was the players, but it was good to see all the players uh, from all backgrounds <clears throat> um, kneeling together. Um, and, and what it told me is they're unified. And I think, you know, the, the tag um, that they attached to the picture itself was unity is, is strength. So for me, it was, it was good to see, uh, you know, even going back <clears throat> a couple of years ago, um, you know, the riots, um, you know, if, if we want to talk about the NFL, uh, Kaepernick, which I, I think it's another uh, topic, mm -hmm. but it felt as if, you know, I knew what the message was, um, but most of the time it felt like it was not heard, you know, whether by the institution itself, the NFL, um, <clears throat> or, you know, the fans, a lot of fans, you know, there are, you, you see people that saw where he was coming from, you know, other players, you, you see uh, division, you know, with the other players, um, obviously, like I said, the institution itself, the NFL. Uh, but when it came to Liverpool, I think it was just monumental um, from my point of view. And I knew it was a big thing. Um, I'm, I'm actually part of this other podcast. It's called the Banter FC. Um, and it's all kinds of other uh, fans from different clubs, you know, Man United, Man City. And that was actually the only day where no one wanted to say anything bad about Liverpool. <laughs> um, so it, it wasn't just for me. Uh, it was for, you know, uh, everyone else to see. Um, its unity, its strength, um, and, and and just the fact that you know um, my favorite players from my favorite team um, actually care, regardless of they're united in one cause. Um, so it, it was it was it was just uh, good to me. I mean, I'm I'm not naive, and I, I understand you know there might be uh, an individual or two, whether it's you know from from the staff, even from the club themselves. You know, um, you know I understand the. Uh, um, ramifications of, 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 of uh, uh, having a stance where there are people that, you know, don't agree with it, you know, from a financial perspective. Um, you know, I'm not naive to that. Uh, but, you know, the least I could see the unity in that, you know, even, you know, 
if there were any people that you know uh, were not agreeing to it, uh, but I think the collective just made everyone kneel down. Um, so it is it it you know it was positive. Uh, it made made me proud, not just of the cause itself, but of my team, um, and and uh, put a big smile on my face. Nice, nice. Mm -hmm. I thought it was interesting. Um, not that it's a competition by any means, but uh, Liverpool were the first team to put anything of the sort out, um, which I think Charlie had commented on one social media post about that. Like, the more you see about Liverpool, the more you realize that, you know, this team was made for me and I was made for this team. But it's interesting to hear you bring up the Kaepernick thing um, because I think at that point in time, again, not judging anything or comparing anything, but the um, the default there was united against Colin Kaepernick and the players who were choosing to kneel. They were the exception as opposed to the rule. So to see an entire team kind of say, whatever our politics are, whatever our uh, nation of origin is, we're going to kneel down and, and show unity. That's true. It's very cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, and I loved actually that it gave I don't know if you saw one of the WhatsApp messages someone had said oh don't bring politics into it that was before the team did it mm -hmm. and, and, I, I, and my response was like this is more than this is not politics you know mm -hmm. yeah uh, and I, I, I love that it gave us permission to you know it, to take that away because this is what our team is doing right so this is about it's not only about some really important matter it, you know we can refer to what our team has done in order to kind of make some kind of stand. Yeah. I was, I was really happy to see him do it. And uh, we're all Liverpool fans, but the fact that we're European champions, I thought gave it even more weight than mm -hmm. would have otherwise too, you know? So. Yeah. 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 And just, yeah, the, the, the history too. Um, it means a lot. And, and uh, Paul, you asked earlier um, about what I think others should do. Um, and, and it goes back to you know, what I was referring to earlier, you know, just from, it wasn't just the players with African descent, um, you know, players, you know, uh, like uh, Virgil van Dijk and, and Jeannie, who I heard were the ones that were behind the photo. Yeah. Um, it, it was everyone. Um, and, 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 you know, for, you know, my friends uh, who are not actually uh, of that background, you know, I think, and, and it's one thing that I, I think mentioned um, in the group. Um, we've been saying, you know, just as, as people of color, as, as uh, minorities, uh, we've been saying the same thing for, for you know, decades and decades. Um, it would be very powerful for others to see where we're coming from and actually think about it and speak to it. Um, uh, that's, that's the only thing. Um, that we're asking for it's it's empathy it's uh, just put yourself uh, in our shoes uh, there are so many things that are happening nowadays um you know that were not available let's say five ten years ago you know social media uh, everything is documented nowadays um everything is video uh, you know uh, just in real time is videoed in real time and and, and put up on, on one platform or another so just take a moment um, and, and, and watch what's happening and, and, you know, form an opinion 
uh, the empathetic form of opinion based on what you're saying. I think that speaks a lot. That speaks uh, a lot more than, um, you know, uh, CEOs and politicians, you know, trying to get with the mainstream and, and speaking to it. Um, because if we all are on the same page and if we all just um, viewing the, the, the issue from the same angle, you know, it's going to do nothing but help us get better. Um, so that's, that's, you know, uh, what I feel, um, you know, uh, is, is the answer to the question that you asked earlier, you know, from, from you know, uh, people that are not actually experiencing what everyone is protesting nowadays, you know, what could they do? Um, and I think, you know, like I mentioned, that's, that's um, instrumental to uh, getting it better. Really appreciate that, actually, because I think one of the things we, we've got our annual meeting to be scheduled. We, it's been postponed because of the pandemic. But I, I, what I'm, I'm, I'm hearing is one really useful topic to bring up is what, it, what are we explicitly doing about you know, kind of diversity, quality in, uh, you know, to kind of represent that in the most effective way possible as a, as a group. Absolutely. Um, I, I, you know, I, I've been really, really lucky since I was a child. Um, from my schooling, my travels, uh, I was actually born in the Sudan, Africa. Um, I've lived and traveled since I was um, a teenager. Um, I have so many friends from so many backgrounds. Um, and, and, you know, growing up and, you know, while my, um, I guess my brain was shaped uh, or, or was in the process of being shaved. Um, I was so lucky to have, like I said, people as friends, acquaintances from all kinds of different backgrounds. So I had that diversity growing up. Um, and, and what that made me see is just the fact that, uh, you know, people are just good. Um, and and, and um, if I can be friends with, a person from India, from Australia, um, you know, from Norway, um, I can be friends with anyone, regardless of, you know, where they come from, their backgrounds, their color, uh, race, uh, or even their beliefs, you know, it's just like, it's, it's, it's about the people. Um, and I know, you know, certain people tend to uh, be within their flocks and, and, and that's all what they know, um, you know, um, which is, you know, that's, that's just their environment. That's how they grew up. Um, but I, I guess the, the challenge is just for others to be empathetic and just put themselves in the shoes of others. Um, I'm not saying just put yourself in the shoes of minorities, but put yourself in the shoes of, you know, I don't know, people from Russia, you know, um, you know, just, Anyone that's not you, before you make an opinion, be empathetic first. Yeah, I think that's one of the beautiful things, actually, about the kind of Liverpool community. Um, you know, it's it's been really, I don't know if it's been eye-opening, but it's it's been fun to see like these calls that Liverpool have done with people from kind of all sorts of different places, which you know, in, I guess on on paper, these these people are their the countries are. Uh, enemies of the other countries yeah. on all, but they're you know they're all um, kind of come together under the, uh, their passion around around Liverpool. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know if you guys have watched the uh, uh, the documentary on Amazon Prime. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. So the the the, the one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it, it was it was amazing to see how um, the uh, Liverpool, which I, I tagged earlier in the tweet, the the, the Liverpool supporters club in, in Rwanda was able to unite the Tutsis and, and the Hutus, um, you know, right after the conflict and all these, you know, genocide that was uh, taking place and then people, you know, find the cause and got together and understood that they are humans and they have the same passion for this club. Mm, yeah. um, so that's just another example of, of how, you know, football just in general can bring people together. Yeah. That's good. Good reminder. I'm going to go watch that again tonight. Right. right. Well, bring your tissues, right? If you, so if you haven't seen that, uh, the Amazon documentary, yeah. I'd buy you not to cry when they arrive at Anfield. That's just uh, yeah. absolutely <laughs> awesome. He goes and hugs the steward. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> yeah. no. so, so, so let's, um, thank you so much for that. Really, really appreciate it. Um, so so let, let's move on to the most important of the least important things, he says, over repeating this phrase. Um, how did you become a Liverpool fan? Yeah, that's uh, a really um, good story for myself. I, you know, I, talk, I just talked about it actually a few weeks ago. Um, it was uh, my late um, aunt's birthday. Um, and I, I wrote a blog um, just uh, trying to remember her and, and what she meant to me, what she meant to her family. And one of the things that I mentioned in the article, my blog article, it's on my website, um, basically the fact that I received my first Liverpool kit when I was about five years old and she was the one that actually got it for me. Um, she was, uh, her and her husband traveled to the UK and um, they brought me back, you know, a kid, I don't know, I think it was probably 82, 83, something like that. Um, so uh, in a nutshell, um, you know, I grew up, like I said, in the Sudan, obviously football is, you know, the most dominant uh, sport there and, in, in, you know, big fandom um, in that area of the world. Um, you know, just watching it with uh, my father, um, my uncles, um, and, uh, you know, I watched, uh, I think it was the late 70s. So, you know, uh, Dogfish teams. Um, I remember, you know, growing up and, and always, you know, uh, as a kid, you know, it's just part of my memories uh, talking about Kevin Keegan um, back then. Uh, but my first favorite Liverpool player was John Bowens. Um, so uh, with Barnes, I think, it's just someone that, you know, I could relate to um, just because of his heritage and all that stuff. But at the same time, he was really, really good. Uh, and up to this day, uh, you know, I go back and, and watch highlights of John Barnes um, on, on YouTube, uh, whenever he's on LFC TV. Um, I really enjoyed him. I enjoyed his, his, his style of play, um, just the finesse and... Uh, the grace of John Barnes. Um, I still remember his assist from 1986 to Lineker. Um, uh, I don't know if, if anyone uh, has bad memories with that match against Argentina, the Hand of, uh, hand of God um, match. Um, but uh, the final score of that match was 2-1. to one. Um, 
And Lineker scored the goal for England, and the assist was from Barnes. And the way he crossed that ball, um, I, I mean, I still, it's, it's, it's a flashback that I get every time I hear John Barnes' name. Um, so that's, that's how I got into, um, you know, uh, cheering for Liverpool and uh, being a fan. Um, I, uh, to be honest, I, I, I took a break from watching uh, football uh, during my 20s, I think. Um, I got into the NBA, um, and it was like uh, the time, if anyone has watched the last dance, it's when the Volts were good, uh, Michael and all that stuff. So that's that's everything that I was watching at the time. Um, you know, I was hearing about things like, you know, uh, Istanbul, um, you know, watched... Uh, I didn't not watch it live, uh, but obviously watching it, I still followed Gerard and knew about Gerard and things like that. But I wasn't as um, uh, indulged in, in in Liverpool and in, in football in general as I am right now. Um, and and got back to it, I would say about ten years ago, and got back to the, uh, I guess reignited that passion again and, and got into watching it um you know um everything that happened pretty much since 2000 uh 2010 um the slip uh, and all of that stuff and, and taking it you know hearing it from all the fans and all of that stuff you know I've, I've been part of it um so that's that's um uh, my liverpool story um uh, you can ask my wife um she, uh, when we talk, I'm, I'm a pretty quiet guy for the most part. Um, I don't get excited that much. Um, and, and she, you know, notices and tells me, you know, uh, that um, the passion that she sees in me when I'm watching Liverpool, when Liverpool scores, uh, even when, you know, they lose matches or whatever, it's, it's just, um, you know, uh, something that she does not see me doing a whole lot of with, with other subjects and topics. Um, so that's, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's why I'm a Liverpool fan. Um, it's just everything about the club. Um, and obviously the manager helps um, how he's a humanitarian, um, how, he, you know, his, his view of the world, yeah. uh, his coaching style. So a lot of things to pick, pick through there but uh so, yeah. so one thing so one of the reasons that i actually ended up watching most of the matches at catherine rooney's was, was somewhere in what you described about my wife's reaction to me watching liverpool at home <laughs> it's like uh, what you can go watch it with the people great go so. Yeah, she just she, she leaves me alone actually uh, she leaves me downstairs she goes upstairs uh, and then stays there um, she lets me scream lets me vent uh, and it's something that I actually don't do when I go and watch it at AJ Hudson's which is the uh, pub that we have here in Chicago where all the fans congregate yeah um, you know when I'm there you know yeah I scream sometimes or whatever but I feel like um, I let more screams and passion out when I'm watching it by myself. Mm. Yeah, that's probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I can relate to that. Yeah, it all comes out once usually while you're by yourself. It scares it scares the crap out of anybody in the room. <laughs> so that's what happens with my daughters anyway. They get they get really scared when something happens. Yeah. The Fabino goal. What, what game was that? He scored that screamer. City. City. Yeah, I I scared the crap out of my two daughters from that goal. <laughs> I there's a couple couple times I remember their faces like uh, impairing into my head, and from Liverpool goals. You know, yeah, but 
Where's so my, my oldest daughter was, was an infant, and I'll never forget one time I really scared her when I was home alone with her. But yeah, so it's funny. Yeah, yeah, my twins are. They know nothing but uh, Liverpool <laughs> under Klopp, and Daddy's celebrating when we have an exciting game, of which there have been a many, been many. The worst thing is when you're looking after them, you're the only one there, and you celebrate like this, and that initial outburst of emotion is immediately followed by placating them and saying, yeah. no, 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 it's good noise. It's happy noise. <laughs> happy noise. Yes, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. So... Uh, <laughs> As, as if you've watched any of our previous podcasts, you'll, you'll always hear me talk up John Barnes as possibly one of the, it's certainly one of the best players to play for uh, Liverpool. It, it, it's funny though that your memory is of him playing for England because I'm, I'm from Liverpool, as these guys know, and uh, I, I've never been particularly, you know, I've, ne- I've never been particularly bothered about England's yeah. winning or not winning. <laughs> uh, um, but I, I used to have a season ticket. Um, on what is now the Sikeni Dalglish um, stand, kind of mm-hmm. lower centenary, was back then called the Kemlet. Um, yeah. And he played down the, that left wing where my ticket was. And, and I, I, it, it, it took me a long time to realize how privileged I was to have that <laughs> space watching yeah. him, like really not that far away from me, just generally being brilliant most games. Just a- yeah, and, and I still go back and watch... Um, you know, his, his, you know, obviously highlights. And then, you know, if I have time, I'll watch uh, full matches. Um, but the, the club actually has put up a lot of uh, highlight videos recently because of, you know, the um, lack of, of actual matches. Yeah. Um, and I think that they go by year. Um, and it was amazing to just go back and, and watch some of those um, matches or highlights uh, from, like, you know, um, late nineties and two thousands. Uh, but the most interesting to see, um, was how good he was, even when he was older, um, and he was not as fast and all of that stuff, but just his intelligence and, and, and vision of the, you know, the field, the pitch and all of that stuff. Um, and again, like I said, it just brought back a whole lot of memories from when I was young. Nice. Nice. Yeah. We had to, so one of our uh, members of our supporters club, was born in Ethiopia and, and he, he was, uh, I, I, I'm thinking he's probably around the same age because he talked as well about watching like Liverpool on TV mm-hmm. uh, with his, with his family. Um, he, he's kind of one of the original members of our supporters club. Um, and uh, it, it, it made me realize how fortunate I was to be able to kind of walk down the road, which I literally did to go watch them in, in person. Um mm-hmm. So absolutely should, should be grateful for that for a long time. Um, tell us, tell us about uh, anyone, anyone else got a, got a question about anything Hytham said. Uh, I was just going to ask, was it completely random that your aunt brought you the, like a Liverpool shirt? Is that just where they happened to go or was she or her husband? A fan? They, they knew, they knew. Okay. Uh, it, it was, it was the household, <laughs> household uh, okay, okay, okay. team per se. <laughs> They said they bought you a shirt. I thought maybe they just say, "Oh, let's pick him a soccer shirt." It was it was a full kit actually. Uh, yeah. Oh wow! I still remember the short. Yeah, yeah. I I I hold you know, uh, or I wish you know it was somewhere kept safe and all that stuff. But 
It's yeah. been over 40 years now. Since yeah, then. probably got worn out too, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> this is why they're selling so many retro kits, right? It's like, yeah. yeah. I know. I know. I like those candy ones. Um, yeah. Uh, the red ones. Oh, that's um, next summer ones. I mentioned before the call. I got to. I got to mention it. The Bobby picture in the Hitachi. Yeah, I yeah, forgot yeah. about that one. Now, now I want to buy that one. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're fueling demand for retro kits. It's good. It's yeah. good. So, yeah. so, t- so tell Enfield us. Shop. Sorry, oh, Enfield Shop. Well, actually, <laughs> right, now, I think, right now I think they only have one. One like a white one from the seventies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's cotton. Um, yeah. So. Which is great. Buy it. Well, buy a gift card and then you can go get one when they restock, right? That's the right. Yeah. So, so t- tell us about, um, so you told us before we started recording that uh, Chicago has 4,000 members, which is a few more than us. You know, we've you know, got big ambitions, but so what, mm-hmm. how, how, how is it uh, managing a, a supporters club of 4,000 people? It's really great. Uh, you know, all the credit goes to, um, you know, the original members, you know, Kevin, um, the late, um, Jason, um, uh, a few other members that are, have really been involved with the club. I, I actually started being, uh, you know, part of the group and, and getting involved, um, last year. And the reason why I stumbled on the, um, uh, OLSC group is the fact that, you know, I wanted to find a place where, you know, whenever I wanted, uh, I live out in the suburbs of Chicago. I don't live in the city itself, but I wanted to find a place where I can go watch football with a group of other supporters. Um, there are a few uh, soccer pubs uh, or football pubs here in Chicago. Uh, the Globe is one. Um, and you go and there are fans from, you know, all kinds of backgrounds, you know, Chelsea, city and um you know i i just I, I wanted a place where you hear a lot of cheers um you know people singing player songs and all of that stuff and, and uh, i stumbled on aj hudson's it's a great place to have uh, a really good menu and of course Salzburg. Um, so that's that's where I, I met the group um and and you know they invited me yeah, there you go. Uh, they, you know, uh, just started talking to them, uh, got introduced to Kevin and, and a couple of other members by another coworker of mine, uh, who is a big Liverpool fan and lives in the same area. Um, and ever since, you know, I've been attending meetings, um, you know, uh, been helping them with uh, things like, you know, I don't know, the website. Um, I'm, my background is in technology and IT. I know a few things about, you know, uh, web development and all of that stuff. So uh, I've been helping with that uh, ever since the, um, you know, lockdown and, and uh, you know, the self-isolation bestowed by COVID-19. Um, I've been more involved with uh, global calls. Um, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a great group of guys. Like I said, you know, we don't have a hierarchy. We just get together and talk about issues, talk about things that we need to do. Uh, and everyone steps up, uh, everyone gives time. Um, there are about, I would say 10 to 15 of us that, um, actually, uh, are involved in managing things. Um, uh, you know, uh, AJ's is the place where we all meet. Lots of fans. Uh, AJ's typically, especially this season, and you know, obviously last season because we've been winning. 
the club uh, or, or the uh, uh, the doors close probably about an hour hour and a half before any wow. match starts. This is um, a big place. It's 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 not big. Um, well, I would say it, it just it, it depends on the definition of big. I would say probably uh, 150 something like that. Um, yeah. You know, before before they close it down. Um, so we, you know, for example, if I wanted to go watch a match, especially an early match, um, you know, it's uh, I think it starts about 6:30 here. Oh right. Uh, I have to be out of my place by probably I don't know five. It takes me about. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 So I like it. Yeah, it's and it's 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 a great experience, great food. Um, you know, um the only downfall is uh, especially for those early games. Um I know all of you have gone through that experience, uh going to the pub you were just talking about earlier. Uh by noon you're toast. <laughs> uh, it's always good if you have, you know, a designated driver driving you back and, yeah, yeah. and all of that stuff. Yeah, we've no idea what you're talking about. It's just uh... yeah. yeah. <laughs> Timmy, what's your earliest Bushmills? <laughs> yeah. That one I don't know. Yeah, Guinness, I could tell you, Bushmills. Um... <laughs> so, do they have multiple locations? Uh, you know, so if you get an overflow there. Do they yeah. Go nearby, or are there other places? Like I know New York, kind yeah. of more thing. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's a really good question because um, that's one thing that the group, uh, the OLSC uh, group, um, has just worked on. Um, so there are probably about four, five options. Even there are options, uh, a couple options in the suburbs, mm-hmm. um, and and you know. Before each big game, um, you know, a correspondence goes out to the list of uh, the supporters in Chicago. Uh, here are the places, overflow places. If you get basically AJ Hudson's, uh, the doors will be closed by this time. If you get there and you can't get in, here are the other places that you can go to. And they also provide options to, um, you know, family, um, you know, under 21. Um, gatherings and things like that. So that's that's something that you know, you know the group here, um, you know, just does a really gr- uh, great job at providing. So, so imagine it was kind of logistically challenging to the Champions League final with four thousand mm. members. What, what, what? How did, how did, how did that happen? Did you go to Centennial Park. Yeah, uh, yeah right. I, Soldier Field. It, no, no. Um, you know, uh, our, our fan base, just like any other fan base, you know, there are active fans and, and fans that um, or active members and members that are just, you know, um, yeah, they're they're inactive. Uh, not, no, not not even that. But um, they're not as involved. Uh, but I remember that day. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it was it was it was mayhem. I, I did not even think about going to AJ AJ's. Um, you know. A couple of weeks before, uh, you just nail down another spot um, yeah. and, and be like, you know, we're just going to go there. Um, and then there were probably about, I don't know, I can't remember, five to ten options that the group has put together for, you know, the fans to go to. Yeah. Uh, we ended up going to this pub in the Louvre. I forget the, uh, the name. Uh, 
but the owner was a Liverpool fan too. And the whole time they were just uh, playing songs, player songs, uh, Ale Ale Ale, um, you know, over the speakers. It, it was the greatest experience ever mm-hmm. um, that I've had in, you know, recent memory. Um, and, and there were a lot of people there. And this, 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 it's, it's not even a sports club uh, at all. Um, uh, but it, it was packed. Um, you know, people were going crazy. And, and when, Origi scored that goal. Um, it was just, it was mayhem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> For all us. So, so actually, that's our five minutes of fame there, the Origi goal. Because, you know, the, the club put together, if you've seen this, the club put together video from t- clubs all around the world. Well, at about two minutes something, when they show the Origi goal and they have like this, I don't know, 10 second segment of our pub and because someone had taken this picture where the, I don't know if the camera actually went up in the air, but it, it, it looks, you know, suitably mayhemic or whatever the right expression is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm just, I'm, I'm glad no one took video of me at that moment. Um, because, um, uh, I don't know, something got in my eyes and then, I don't know, tears were coming down for some reason. Um, but yeah, I, it was good for me not to get videotaped at that point. Uh, but it was it was uh, something that I remember for the rest of my life. Yeah. I think one of the sad things uh, is that you know, however we win, and and well, let's be clear, we're going to win the league this year. Um, it, it, it won't have quite that same moment, right? You know, because it, it sort of feels like the hard work's been done and the, mm-hmm. the high moments may already have happened. Um, that was a terrible segue into. <laughs> Who are you, uh, when, when, when they kind of run out on the field, who are you looking for on every, any given uh, game? Who's the, who's the player who you're most inspired by? Uh, out of the squad? Yeah. Uh, um, I, I'm a big fan of uh, Mane. Um, I think just seeing Mane on the field um, gives me a sense of calm um, just because of what he brings to the table, um, just being a, a nuance and, and a menace, basically. Mm-hmm. Huh? Um, I see Imani and, and I feel pretty good, and regardless of what the score is going to be um, or, or who we're playing. Um, you know, obviously the back line, um, you know, uh, Virgil is... is, is um, I don't know. Um, he bestows a sense of security, and and Allison, um, of course. Um, I still remember the days when I was sitting in front of the TV, um, and, be- and I'm not going to name names, but because of the goalie, you just never, you're not sure about when it's going to go inside our goal. Yeah. Um, you know, pretty much every shot, it was expected for it to go in some way or another um and what allison has brought is um he he negated that basically just um you know um out of the bat and and it's it's been a great feeling yes uh knowing that he's between the sticks it's 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 been so long i've forgotten what it was like to have a goalkeeper that you could rely on actually yeah yeah I, I, I've just, I feel like I've just recently gotten over this paranoia where if we're up by a goal or two, we're going to lose it in the last minute, you know? 
even though we've had Van Dyke and Allison for a while now, it's it's still it's again in the back of my head. It used to happen a lot, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it wasn't it wasn't just the goalies, you know. I don't want to blame just the goalies. It was our defense because our defense was in shambles too. Um, if you go back, I don't know, three, four, or five years. Um, you know, we could score even, you know, that season, uh, the uh, 2014 season where mm-hmm. we almost won, we scored so many goals. And, and you know, the, uh, you know, Suarez and Sterling and, yeah. um, you know, uh, storage, uh, you, kn- you knew we were going to score. Um, but at the same time, you knew that we were going to be scored against. Right. Right. Um, and I'll play defense. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Wasn't there a defender, not going to name who he is, didn't he score more goals in our own net than the other net? And he scored a few in the other net. I'm, I'm talking about Martin Scrow. I'm pretty <laughs> sure he scored like five <laughs> goals that year, but he had like six own goals. <laughs> Absolutely. I think it's pretty incredible how, how a lack of confidence between the, the central uh, defenders and the, and the goalkeeper really – erodes the you know the 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 effectiveness of both of those sets of, of people but the, the confidence that we have between them does the complete opposite and just it, it's it's really quite incredible the partnerships we have between those three and uh you know with virgil and allison as two of those three then you know it, it, add anyone else and you got to really really you know Formidable not, 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 not everyone else. I, I don't want to mention names <laughs> at this point. <laughs> it's, it's still a, it's still a formidable trio, no matter who you. Hey, you could put me in there as the third guy, and trust me, we'd be formidable. <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't know. You, you, you guys, you guys have watched the Watford game. I'll just leave it at that. Well, it's, it's, it's hard. To, I don't know. It's hard to complain about anything related to the squad because it's, it's like almost perfect, you know. Yeah, it's. I mean, regardless of what you think about anybody individually, it's it's difficult to pick it apart. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we get into even more dangerous territory and mention he's <laughs> not going to be named yet, uh, so we 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 like to do at least a, a bit on kind of this day in history. And uh, well, it turns out it was the 128th anniversary of the club this week. Um, I guess. I don't think they'll be putting that on the Nike kit, uh, but maybe. Yeah. We'll... What was it like back then, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> Low hanging fruit, I know. So uh, I'll share one thing with you. I remember the hundredth anniversary, but that, that was the first time I remember them ever saying, you know, oh, this was our anniversary. So weird. You know, hmm. They never did anything around seventy-five that I can recall. Yeah. I don't remember before then, just to be absolutely. <laughs> But uh, yes, so 120, yeah. 128, and, uh, and and no thanks to Hicks and Gillette, still going, right? Um, and it was also Stevie G's 40th birthday. Yeah. yeah. Boy, does that make you feel old? So yes. the team, the one thing I want to say about it, the team celebrated it, and people were kind of making fun of the fact that the team celebrated it, mm-hmm. but I, I wonder if he would have been there if they planned for him to be there if it wasn't for the, the coronavirus, you know? Yeah. That was yeah. kind of my thought with it. Like, he might he might have showed up. If if he was if he felt it was safe to fly and all that, yeah, yeah, I think Eventually he shows. They got him in a kit. Yeah, well, yeah, he might have trained with him. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, I, I feel like yeah, yeah. But. He he shows up a lot, you know, just watching him. Um, you know, obviously when he's not working for um, his club. Yeah. Um, but I feel like you know every 
big match. Um, you know, obviously the legends uh, matches is always there. Um, and and yeah, he's it, it's it's he's phenomenal. I mean, I still every time I watch his highlights, um, I think there's uh, a video that got put up on YouTube recently by the club. Uh, his all his goals actually, and and you know every other goal is jaw dropping basically. Yeah. Um, amazing, amazing. I you know that 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 foot. Yeah. Amazing. So the two things I was going to say earlier, you're talking about watching highlights of John Barnes. I, like the two things that I've, I've noticed watching highlights this um, this whole period is, uh, one, I, I sort of, not that I didn't know how good he was already, but I discovered how good Ricky Fowler was by watching yeah. Fowler highlights. I, I don't know why that came up. But then the other one is Gerard's passing. There, there's a bunch of clips that have been popping up about his uh, passing ability. And it's like you, you tend to remember the screamers, the goals, yeah. but he – He's arguably a better passer, even though he was a scorer, you know. And um, yeah, he was just an incredible player. So yeah. much fun to watch back in those days. But. Yeah, if, the, if there's been a benefit actually to not having football on TV, it's been a chance to go back and appreciate some of those things that we might not have otherwise have, have, mm-hmm. have seen. Um, so, like the, you know, not just last year, but the 2005 final um, and uh, and the FA Cup final actually that essentially he he won <laughs> for us um just pretty amazing just uh I'm, I'm i'm still not sure that they're not going to announce that he's on this on the squad actually so that he can get a premier league winner's medal this season. <laughs> i hope so i hope they give him like a, a i don't know a, a two-day contract or something you know right for, for those, order him an extra medal come on yeah, yeah for those two yeah. matches <laughs> And and Scottish football is not is not. I don't think I think they canceled the season or, or ended the season. They did, so, yeah. Yeah. Te- technically, he's on vacation. He could do whatever. Yeah, he's got free time. <laughs> That's right. But go, going back to what you were sh- uh, saying, Sean, um, you know about him being a great passer. You know, I think that relationship he had with uh, Nino. Um, I mean, just is is uh, Gerard. The fact that. Um, I forgot his name at this point. Uh, El Nino. Um, oh, Torres. Oh, Torres. Torres. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so many names to people with. But the fact that uh, Torres was such a goal scorer, um, you know, I think Gerard's assists and, and just the way those two played and understood each other on the field um, had a lot to do with that. Um, so I, I totally agree with you. I'm just saying his passing ability and just, again, you know, uh, like I was talking earlier about Barnes, uh, his vision uh, of the field. Um, he could see things that defenders, um, his other team members could not see. I don't think it's any coincidence, actually, that both Torres and uh, Suarez had played some of their best football when they were being passed to by Steven Gerrard. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because that setup that Rogers' whole setup had Gerrard just yeah. pinging passes all over the pitch, right? And that was kind of what a lot of it was. Yeah, yeah. Apart from the ones he Jose Enrique set up, right? Those <laughs> right. <one joke. laughs> Apparently, he made one goal for Suarez, but it was, it was a great assist. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. So one, one, one final thing before we kind of go to our closing question about uh, what did you see this week? Um, obviously, the Premier League is back. Liverpool play their first game. Potentially. First. First game in 15 days. 15 days. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. How are we feeling? Uh, cautiously optimistic. Right. Yeah. Throw caution to the wind. Throw yes. caution to the wind. <laughs> I hope we win. So, so Haytham, what, 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 what's your, what, where are you going? I hope we win. It's, actually, this was going to be my closing thing. This week, men in, the Men in Blazers guy did an interview or pulled together a bunch of interviews he'd done with yeah. Jürgen Klopp. At yeah. the very end of it, he says to Klopp, because he's Nevertonian, do you think Everton will beat Liverpool again <laughs> in my lifetime? And Klopp says to him, how old are you? <laughs> <laughs> and then he says no. I think he tells him his age, and then he's no. Nah. <laughs> anyway, very funny. But uh, so, so let's not worry about the results of the match. The most important is where are you going to watch the match? Because we're still trying to figure out if it's possible to congregate with anybody. So. I'm not, I'm not sure yet. I know AJ Hudson's is open. You know, obviously uh, we are in. I'm not sure what phase um, the city is in right now uh, from an opening perspective, uh, but I know AJ's is open. Um, just the patio um, of AJ's. Um, it's not, you know, they don't have a lot of seatings there or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I think I'm just, I'm going to watch it here at home. Uh, typically when I watch it, um, you know, when I watch a match at home, I have a few friends that I just continue to text, you know, and, and, uh, comment on plays and you know all of that stuff. Uh, so I think I'll, I'll, I'll do it there. Uh, it all depends, I guess, on the City Arsenal match, which is the Saturday um, before oh, Wednesday. Wednesday. Is it, is it Wednesday? Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. that Wednesday. Because yeah. I yeah, think that's true. Yeah, if 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 Arsenal wins, which I, I don't really care. Um, I mean, it's just two matches that you need to win. But if Arsenal wins. I think beating Everton, which is going to happen. I think it's a given. It's been a given for I don't know how many years. Paul, you probably know. <laughs> uh, it's it's just it's going to mean more, I guess. Um, if um, yeah, you know, uh, because of the possibility of us winning them. Yeah, you may see somebody you can high forearm at least. You know, <laughs> <laughs> chicken wing. Yes. <laughs> I think it's been 10 years. I think Benitez was coached last time Liverpool lost at Goodison. And, of course, Everton haven't won at Anfield this century. Oh, okay. That, yeah, I'm thinking at Anfield. Yeah. yeah. That's been more like 20, right? It's in 1999, I think. Yeah, it was the last time. But it's better to say they haven't won this century. That feels more... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just, I just go back to the fact that we filled it um, an under-23 team. Uh, in the FA Cup to be their first team. Um, so rude. With, yeah. <laughs> with, with their current new manager, um, you know, who is uh, a champion. And I understand he, he was new, but still um, kids. You know? That was, to be fair, we could easily have lost that game, but yeah. it, was, it was fun to win. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. It, it was. It was. <laughs> it was. So, so um, probably a topic for next week maybe we'll be more definitive about where we're going to watch. So before we, before we go then, let's go, go around. What, what, one thing you read this week or saw this week uh, that was Liverpool-related that's, that's worth sharing? Uh, anyone? Oh, is that Tim raising his hand? Yes. Yeah, I oh. always love to talk. Um, so I, an article on Liverpool.com two days ago, I believe, um, and they were analyzing Minamino connecting with Naby Keita 
in their Salzburg days and kind of going through that data when Nabi was playing right mid and Minamino was playing on the right wing. And some of the highlights of that time period are amazing. And they've said that that's happening sometimes in some of these practice matches that we're going through now. Um, and it kind of made me a little bit excited for Minamino. Like we kind of have lost that because he got off to the same slow start that a lot of new acquisitions have got off to. Um, and then we had three months off. Um, so I'm excited to see if that can flourish and hopefully Nabi can stay healthy because I had watching him in his Leipzig days, I, I think he's an amazing player and I want him to do so well uh, in a red shirt. Um, so it was <laughs> that was a great read and watching some of those videos, if you have free time, go check it out on YouTube. Looking out for that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sean, what do you got? Well, since you guys have been counting on me for the transfer rumors and I've never produced. Oh, no, we should have gone to you last. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> and the team of Werner move uh, fell through. I, I, I read an article this week. I'm going to throw a name out there as a team of Werner replacement. You're, you might like them, Tim. I don't know. Musa Diaby, Bayer Leverkusen. Just throwing it out there. Chew I, I, I was I actually – I, I, I know. I read an article about somebody that was saying that he might be fit. Okay. But there's no actual links. It's just it's just something to, to discuss. And... Well, f further on the Timo Werner uh, potential <laughs> replacements, watch out RB Leipzig because there's like six of your guys that we could take easily. Yeah. So sorry, sorry, Tim, but um, yeah, we might, we might be uh, – yeah. Continuing to weaken topic, uh, your your German team. <laughs> a name that I've heard of is uh, from Hertha Berlin, uh, guy Dodi Lukabakio, oh. for me to say. Okay. Um, uh, mentioned earlier today, uh, I believe they played um, Dortmund, yes, and he was referred to as the fastest player in Bundesliga right now. Wow. Okay. We'll take him. Um, yeah. Who knows. I'm sure Mike Ledwes has got some data on him. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. So, Hytham, what, what, uh, you were trying to say something before they I, – I, I thought that was going to go in a really bad place. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just uh, – I wanted to comment on what uh, Sean was saying about – what was the player's name again? Because I was watching him earlier, actually. Musa Diaby. He's, I guess, Diaby, he, yeah. he came up through PSG's yeah. academy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Timmy, I don't know if you watched the, the match earlier. Um, yeah. I was watching Leipzig. Yeah, uh, yeah. So he was not good. Not good <laughs> at all. Uh, I, I mean, he, he just—I don't know. Uh, deer in the headlights uh, today, I guess. Uh, oh, missed so, he missed so many chances too. Um, but anyways, different subject. So well, it wouldn't have, it would have been a disappointing, you know, potential uh, pro proposed by Sean if it were not. <laughs> Contentious is what Sean does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Werner, zero goals today, so, you know. Yeah, that's true. What did Kai Havertz do? That's the other thing, right? Yeah, he did not play today. Yeah, I think he's injured. Um, the one the one topic that uh, I saw this week and, and kind of made me think, actually, is um, just the fact that our women's team uh, was relegated. Yeah. Um, I, to be honest, it, I, I really felt uh, it felt 
a little bit personal to me. Uh, I mean, I, I watch some of their matches, you know, every now and then, not as uh, many uh, matches as uh, the men's team. Um, but I felt like I, I had more of a connection after having the coach and uh, is it Neem? Neve. Neve. Yeah, Neve. Yeah, yeah. yeah, um, on, on one of the calls. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, women's football, soccer. I'm a big fan of the U.S. team. Um, and just the fact that, you know, we are on the brink of winning the uh, Premier League and our women's, women's team just got relegated. Um, it was kind of like, I, I don't know, a little bit bitter for me um, yeah. this week. So that's that's the one thing that uh, stood out for me this week. And, and there is a writer in The Guardian who's been writing a lot of negative stuff about the way Liverpool have treated their women's team. And, of course, immediately there was announced they were relegated. She was back on the case yesterday talking about underinvestment. Uh, I, you know, who knows how much of this is true, but there's certainly uh, someone prepared to dig up you know, very negative stuff about the the women's team, which I did not enjoy reading. So, uh, so I think I did my uh, my thing earlier with the Klopp interview. Although what I would say is, if you haven't seen, there's an Andy Robertson interview, I think, on Sky, where they ask him, basically they come along with a collection of quotes about him. And um, he's, he almost tears up with what Jurgen Klopp says about him, which I... Mm. I, I I mean, essentially, it was about his, his kind of honesty and his work ethic, and um, and how he couldn't say a bad thing about him. He, it, like Robertson's, pretty probably in tears. Not, never mind, almost in tears. So worth worth a look. Just uh, was, uh, and we should probably leave it there. Hytham, once again, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for sharing uh, all your thoughts with us. Um, I guess we'll um, end it here. <laughs>